morning, good morning, everyone. Let me see if, uh, good to see you. Yeah, sorry uh, about Friday. A little bit of a mix-up with Andy and myself. We had uh, the first week, daylight savings, uh, blues. <laughs> Hopefully you're well, wherever you are. Good to see a bunch of you guys on today. And um, at mentoring tonight, though, folks, uh, for those who are in the mentoring program, we've got Andy coming tonight to explain blow by blow, bit by bit, the $220,000 tax-free strategy plan when it comes to creating, structuring, and planning a tax-free future. So that's going to be pretty exciting. So make sure you get yourself along to that one tonight. Don't mess up the times. Just check out the times for mentoring tonight with Daylight Savings. So uh, it's a little bit more challenging. We're sort of starting at 7 o'clock, New South Wales and Victoria time, and then sort of 6 o'clock Queensland time, which is a pain in the neck. But anyway, that's the way it's rolling. Good uh, good to see good to see all of you guys on here. Hey, listen, today I wanted to talk about a few things, and um, we might just jump right into it because it's an interesting uh, moment in time right now um, for... All of us who own a bit of real estate, we may have we may have uh, gained a little bit of value in one way, shape, or form on some of our properties. Not all properties, by the way, team. Be not every property rises in value, uh, and uh, we've been chatting to a lot of people about maybe it's time. Is it time? Could it be time to exit an old property and um, maybe buy a new one? Uh, but that's not today's chat or conversation. Today's chat is conversation about as property investors, uh, you know, paying attention to the market, you know, what's going on? Lots of uh, value added to the real estate market and predominantly driven by low interest rates and undersupply uh, and many people being out of the market. We've talked about this before, but what's that going to do for us uh, into the future uh, and what do we need to keep an eye on? This is pretty uh, interesting, though. Record valuation, $1 trillion. $1 trillion, um, as um, they say in the movies. $1 trillion added in five months uh, to the real estate market in Australia. Um, And that's uh, good news. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, What are we going to do about that? Let me talk to you guys about some of the things that uh, are going on right now, which I think are pretty interesting. But a little bit of a sad reflection on what the what the media, what uh, the default position of the Australian government um, is when it comes to us as property investors. Um, and before I get to that, I, I better say a quick hello to anyone who's new. If you're new, let us know in the chat. Give us a shout out. But uh, good, uh, good to see all of you guys on. Sean and James and Margaret and Michelle. Ben, Graham, Stephen, Alice, who else is there? Laura, Mark, Nicole, good to see all of you guys there. So, um, yeah, give us a shout-out in the chat if you're new. Uh, Jason Witten's my name. If you missed it a bit earlier, um, good to see uh, you guys here. But something interesting, hello, Elizabeth. <laughs> good to see Good to see you on. Welcome, welcome along, welcome along. Um, one thing that's quite interesting that uh, uh, there's a little bit in the headlines. I always pull out a few of the oh, – Ben, how are you, mate? Pull out of the Fin Review 
Uh, it's it's a newspaper that I sort of look at every now and then. Uh, I try to avoid the mainstream media wherever possible and try to find good quality uh, good quality sources of information right from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Hey, Mal, good to see you. haven't seen you for a while. Or I haven't seen you in the chat for a while, Mal. Good to see you, mate. But there's a conversation here about oh, the number of investors who now qualify for what is uh, called a sophisticated or wholesale investor, which means these investors can uh, get access to uh, you know, much better deals than the world of retail. And it's a sad state, uh, a sad reflection, I believe, that uh, you know um, the default position in Australia, the default position with our government, the default position with um, institutions is that Australians are either victims or idiots when it comes to their own financial affairs. Uh, and I think that's a sad, sad position to be in. I personally think it should be much more focused on uh, right from the word go. It should be taught in schools. We should understand investing because the way I see our economic situation is that our money should be invested in moving and creating jobs and creating wealth and, and abundance for everyone in this country, uh, in the world. And it's the misunderstanding of money uh, and how to invest it is a challenge is uh, the way I see it. But the, challenge, the, the, the upside of this is that if you have a look at this, people have gained some value. Maybe you, you're one of those people right now. Um, maybe you're in the sophisticated investor world. Maybe you now get access to some wholesale investments. And uh, that's another thing we're going to chat about tonight at Mentoring. So little shout-out there for Andy Fenton uh, and myself and Sam tonight. We're going to get into that for you guys. But um, that's a little uh, teaser for this evening. But there's two things that are on everyone's lips at the moment. APRA uh, attempting to rise or raise the servicing um, the servicing calculations when it comes to qualifying for lending. By and large, uh, every piece of calculation at this point, folks, points to it saying it's really a psychological play. It's not really a physical restriction in our ability to borrow right now. Okay, so... Uh, if you're sitting there and you're, and you're worried at this point in time, right as today, any of those changes that are uh, proposed with the APRA, um, APRA increases at this point are not going to make a huge amount of difference. Matter of fact, we talked about it the other day. I like that one, wet lettuce. <laughs> um, matter of fact, we talked about the other day, what it's going to lead to is rental markets tightening, Okay. And so let's do a little bit of a, uh, an understanding of what happens here because right now, if you look at the, the property market and um, when we have a look at, ooh, we have a look at who brings properties to market, who brings new properties into the marketplace. Now, at the moment, if you have a look at the new house land, okay, new houses, okay, we have had quite a significant increase in new houses. What is the thing right now that has made the new houses come to the marketplace? Um, ladies and gents, chuck it in the chat if you think you know what has created more new houses in the last uh, 12, 18 months than there has been in a, in a long time. We're at a peak uh, new house production uh, um, 
in Australia right now. And there's one thing that created that uh, in the last 12 to 18 months. Does anyone know what it is? It's happened twice in the last two decades. There's been two of these things. Yeah, Builders Boost, Jeff is in it, Nicole's on it, new home buyer. Okay. So it was a government incentive. Incentive. Okay. That was the new boast, the $25,000 thing, you know, plus the grant, the first homeowner's grant, 15K plus, you know, zero stamp duty, plus an LMI um, support, plus this, plus that. And uh, first home buyers or new home buyers, hey, Holly, how are you? Good to see you there. Uh, there's Ben. Good to see you there, Ben, as well. Um, new home buyer boosts encouragement has brought a lot of properties to the market with low interest rates have brought record new buyers into the marketplace. Perfect storm. Fabulous, fantastic, wonderful. Now, that is an anomaly when it comes to the supply, okay? So the new house has come in, and uh, by and large, they are owner-occupiers, okay? Owner-ocs, owner-occupier. They're not being built by investors, by and large, that major increase, um, not investors, okay? Now, when we have a look at the world of uh medium density when we look at townhouses let's look at townhouses or unit and apartments um right now what do you guys reckon about who brings those to market okay how do they come to market ladies and gents um by and large these buildings these properties are driven by investors being able to bring those properties to market. The challenge for any developer when it comes to increasing supply in a market that is severely undersupplied or very competitive is they must bring these things to market, okay? Uh, and when we have a look at um, uh, when we have a look at what happens or how long it takes to bring some properties to market, then we need to understand how long this pressure in this property market will continue to roll on. So let's have a quick look at that. Um, uh, Chris, send me a, de- a DM direct message. We can connect, mate, uh, see how see how that works for you. Um, thanks for the shout out. And um, yeah, absolutely, Alison. Subsidies uh, rise, raise prices. They stimulate things. And sometimes it's it's kind of like a fake stimulation uh, and then it might go back down, you know, from a demand point of view or whatever it might be um, and um, away we go. Uh, Nicole, you know, overseas buyers were used to stimulate the market uh, in the early 2000s or early 2010s, uh, but that's uh, been eradicated. That's uh, not the right word. <laughs> Minimised in the, the Australian marketplace. But how long? Um, by and large, would it take for us as a country, as a state, as a city to bring lots and lots of properties to market to provide the supply, to take the sting, the sting out of this pressure right now, okay? Because the APRA thing is not going to do it. Uh, It's certainly um, a psychological play. They know that they can't mess with interest rates and stuff too much. Uh, because it's delicate times to get the economy back going. They don't want to mess with the mojo. Um, the um, <laughs> Hopefully you're not banned, Jeff. No, 
Uh, I'm not quite sure, mate. Um, uh, why you can't uh, why you can't get in there? Maybe we can circle around and I can catch up with you about uh, where you're at with that one. But uh, sorry, mate, if that's happening. All right. So, quick question. Question. Let's get clear, Jason. Focus. Um, how long does it take to bring townhouses and apartments to market? Because what happens? Let's have a look at a couple of the stages. Okay. The first stage. The first stage is um, the approval stage, right? So getting something development approved. If someone takes a piece of raw land, raw dirt uh, in uh, any area and says, all right, I want to, um, uh, I want to develop this, uh, how long is that going to take? Okay, the, it's usually going to take between six and 18 months. Okay, six and 18 months. Six months is actually I'm going to get rid of six months because that's rubbish. Um, you might get six months with a house, but um, you know it's going to take twelve to eighteen months to get something approved. Now, um, hopefully you're following along here because we're going to do a little timeline of how long it would take and who's going to bring these things to market. Now, a developer or a builder would try to grab some land and develop it, um, or look to develop it into the future from a raw piece of land on. Uh, unapproved uh, in a marketplace. When you look at this right now, what is the challenge? And maybe you guys might, you know, get this, or might you might um, get try to get your head around it. The challenge for developers and builders right now is that they are competing to buy development land in a in a mad market, a crazy mad market. And so they, if they have to pay premium prices right now, they have to pay premium prices, uh, an inexperienced developer, a desperate developer, someone who thinks the boom's never going to end developers. They're, they're regular people, developers. They're not necessarily the brightest people in the room um, uh, from time to time. You get great ones who are smart, who, who bought properties you know, 10 years ago that are developing them now. But if someone was entered the market right now, what would they be doing? What would they be doing um, as we go? Uh, they would get, they would have to pay a premium, premium on the pricing right now. All right, they would have to pay a premium to get the the land. Now, if we have this thing approved, you now have to uh, get the building uh, financed. Okay, finance and. For finance, you have to get, let's say they get, uh, I don't know, 30 townhouses approved, okay? Now they go, all right, well, let's get some finance together, all right? They go to the lender and the bank says, all right, well, I'll give you finance uh, only if your feasibility is good. Got to get the fees right. But, you know, you have to make some pre-sales. You have to make some pre-sales and we want to see 20 of those sold off the plan, off the plan. Now, this is a long way of getting to my point, ladies and gents, okay? Yeah. You're dead right, Alison. The smaller ones aren't making much profit at all, okay? And this is the dangerous times in, in boom markets like this. We've, we've seen this. Um, this is our fourth cycle round in a, in a crazy boom market, myself and Sam. And you see uh, a lot of people getting involved in property deals that, that don't ever go anywhere because the person who bought them doesn't know how to price them or they've underpriced um, and undervalued things at the beginning. They, they don't understand a boom market or a competitive market. Anyway, 
You have to do pre-sales as a developer. So who's going to buy off the plant? Do owner-occupiers, by and large, is it their default behaviour to buy off the plant uh, townhouses and apartments, right? And the answer is no, okay? The answer is no. So the challenge the government's going to face, APRA's going to face, anyone's going to face in this marketplace is if they if they take the sting out of the the new construction world, it's only going to make the undersupply worse. Yeah, dead right, Holly. It's only going to make the undersupply worse, okay? So we're going to see more pressure and thus when they open up the borders, it's already talking right now, they're already talking about they've got plans to bring the students back for 2022, uh, international travel, you know, whatever it looks like, you know, whatever that is, it's not going to take less pressure out of the markets. It's going to bring more pressure into the market. So, and then, you know, you need to get these things uh, sold. And um, and then that's the first part. We're not even talking about the construction. We're not even talking about the delivery and the settlement, okay, um, as well. So they need investors over here. And the smart, uh, the smart investors connect and network with the best developers and builders to bring great buildings to market in times where, you know, the rest of them don't. So, I mean, hopefully that makes sense. It was a bit of a sort of a roundabout way today, you know, talking about this stuff, saying, hey, listen, you know, a lot of people have got some coin. Prices have gone up, not for everyone. Um, and don't get disheartened if your property hasn't gone up. I've got a bunch of properties that haven't gone up much in value at all, this boom. Okay, it's just not their time. Don't stress about that stuff. That's normal. Some do, some don't. Uh, and uh, that's just the way things roll, right? A lot of people in the sophisticated space and and the, what's everyone on everyone's lips is this APRA thing. Well, it's not going to slow things down, team folks. Uh, it's not going to slow things down. Good question, Nicole. Said, how do you know who's a good developer? We had a little chat about this the other day, Nicole, about you know, render to reality and past project experiences. Uh, and it's really important to uh, look into developers' last projects and past projects um, and buildings that are, you know, three, five, eight, ten years old and have a look at how those buildings stack up and stand up in the Uh, in the marketplace. If you want a really good developer and a really good building, you have to understand the pedigree of the developer and builder. Um, And Sam talks about this um, concept of brand developers compared to no-name developers, okay? And uh, I might might give that as a topic for one of my Wealth Coffee Chats this this week. Actually, Nicole, good question. Thanks for letting us know about... uh, Maybe a subject for me to chat about, uh, and a bit of a shout out right there. If you are, if you do have any questions or you want me to do a little wealth coffee chat, let me know in the chat. Uh, I'll chase that up. So there you go. Hey Laura, put a little post in there. Thanks, Laura. Um, and uh, it's great to see. Um, it's great to see uh, your clients and our clients together enjoying the coaching. And there you go, on the third property, joining the 1% Club. Uh, Shalini, if that's how you say it, Shalini, joining the 1% Club. Um, As we go, 1% of Australians 
three or more investment properties. Anyway, team, that's it from me this uh, fine Monday, marvellous Monday. Anyone who's in mentoring, make sure you join me tonight. Uh, We've got an action-packed evening, so uh, let's crack on with that one and um, make the most of it. That's it from me, team. You guys stay well uh, wherever you are. Stay out of trouble. Uh, Stay well. Stay safe until we see you guys potentially tonight. You guys take care and uh, bye for now. See ya. See ya.